Welcome to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward, and this is episode number 149 uh, with Denny Cray. Uh, If you don't know who Denny Cray is, look him up immediately. Uh, He's the host of the Diz Runs Radio. Um, It's a podcast all about running, and in my opinion, (laughs) this guy's probably discussed running more than anyone in the whole entire country. Um, right now he's up to 735 episodes and he covers like literally every topic in running you could possibly imagine everything from five K's, everything from track, um, track athletes all the way through ultra marathons, all the way through obstacle course racing, basically anything involving the sport of running you can find on his show. Um, it's magnificent. I'm a huge fan, uh, and I'm super honored to welcome Denny to the podcast, uh, because it's always interesting to hear like a host of, of a show kind of dig into his own story because he spends so much time interviewing and questioning and, and sharing the stories of others. Um, and so it was fun. I, I was genuinely interested in hearing like how did he get into running? Like, what's his story? What's his journey? Um, and it took us into some really interesting places during the conversation. So we get into a story. Uh, we talk a bit. I just wanted to hear his kind of thoughts on Nike's Breaking 2 project from a few years ago where they were uh, attempting to be the first people to break a two-hour marathon. And if you ha- if you don't really know what that is or you've never heard of it before, Uh, There's a really good YouTube, well, it's on YouTube, but I'm pretty sure it's from the Discovery Channel. There's a really good documentary about it, so look up Breaking 2, and you can kind of get a general sense of what we're talking about there. Um, I was on Diz Runs a few years ago. I can't remember the exact number, the episode. I'll try to link it here if it's still up. Um, And it was funny because I was talking about 50Ks, like I was preaching, doing my thing, you know? Cause my whole goal is really to get people to sign up for 50 Ks, I think. <laughs> um, so I was preaching that to, to Denny and he was like, man, I don't know. Like you ultra runners, you guys are crazy. Um, I don't know if I'll ever do one. And I was happy to see and kind of follow along on his journey and see that he has actually done a few 50 Ks at this point. And so, um, including one fairly recent. So I wanted to kind of chat with him about that and like (laughs) how has his mindset changed um and then finally he's really dived into uh this training method called the mafetone method and if you're not sure what that is uh he'll get into it and explain it but basically it's about um maximum aerobic function so you're using your aerobic system rather than your anaerobic so you're burning fat Um, and to train this system up you do most of your training runs, like 90% of them, 99% of them, you do most of them at a slow pace. So you're not getting your heart rate, um, into that higher zone. So let's just dive right in, um, to like a Bigfoot. Oh, before I forget, um, if you guys happen to miss last week's episode, um, I just want to kind of remind you guys. So I interviewed these, this, uh, one half of a, of these two twin brothers who hand paddled. So imagine lying on a board, hand paddling, 
all like a lifeguard kind of um, prone paddling all the way from Alaska to Mexico. It's crazy. So it's called the by hand project. And the only reason I'm bringing it up is because their Kickstarter is still going on uh, for their documentary. So please check that out. It's called the by hand project. And just selfishly, I want to see this movie. <laughs> so the more people I can hope, uh, you know, help, get to help them along the way to get to support their project, like the better chance uh, this movie's going to come out and we can all watch it and enjoy it. It's going to be an awesome adventure film, um, which I definitely want to promote on the show. So um, you guys can check that out. It's Kickstarter by hand project. Um, even if you're giving them like five bucks or 10 bucks, I think that buys you the movie in the future. So you'll be able to see it and all that stuff. So anyways, a uh, quick ad there. <laughs> um, also, if you haven't and check out the rest of the episodes on like a Bigfoot podcast, I'd really appreciate that and leave any feedback you want and, and all that stuff. And, and be sure, like I said, Diz Runs Radio is one of my favorites, so be sure to go on and check that out as well. All right, let's get into it. This is the Like a Bigfoot podcast number 149 with host of the Diz Runs Radio, Denny Cray. All right, guys, I want to welcome to the podcast someone who I chatted with. It was, it's been a while now, man, like a couple of years probably. Yeah, it's, it's been a minute. Yeah, and I kept meaning to, like we kept trying to plan up a time but we're both busy dads and runners and podcast hosts so i'm welcoming uh denny cray to the show he's the host of diz runs radio um welcome to the show dude oh chris thanks for uh thanks for having me glad to, to reconnect and chat a little bit because yeah it's, it's been a, it's been a while and so uh it's it's good to, to reconnect with a familiar voice familiar face and uh <laughs> talk shop a little bit for sure yeah dude i the reason i mean so many reasons i wanted to have you on but you have recorded over 731 podcast episodes about running at this point. And that's, first of all, that's incredible. But second of all, I'm like, he has to be one of the people, one of the, like, you've probably talked about running more than anybody in the whole entire world at this point, I guess is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I, 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 boy, that's, that's high praise, but maybe at least in the podcast world, I gotta, I've gotta be up there in the, on the ranks to, of the podcasting man. for sure. Dude, how do you, how do you do it? How do you like, how do you be so proficient and efficient with your episodes and all that stuff? Well, I mean, it, it helps that this is at this point is basically my, my full-time job now. So, I mean, at least, you know, podcasting, coaching, kind of running, running things is, is what I do for a living. So that, that frees up, you know, a lot of time. I don't have to go to another, another job or anything like that. But, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's like a lot of things. It's, 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 I think the, the biggest thing is just, you know, when I started and it's been, it's, it's, we're coming up on the five year, um, anniversary since the show started, um, you know, when, when I started five, almost five years ago now, it like, I didn't have like an end goal in mind. It wasn't like, I'm going to try to get to a hundred episodes or yeah. two years or what, you know, there wasn't anything like that, but it was just, you know, I'm going to do a show today and then I've got another one that's going to come out in a few days. <laughs> and you know, it, it sounds, it sounds a bit cliche, but it's, it's just kind of, you know, one show at a time, one, one week at a time. Um, and then pretty soon you look back and you go, wow, like we're at 500 episodes, 600 episodes. Like it's just, I mean, I, and I still, it's hard to put into words, but it's just, it's just been that consistency 
of doing what you got to do. And, and, you know, and, and for me, it's, it's fun. I mean, it's, it's easy, easy, quote unquote, easy to do this because it's, it's, it's work, but it's, it's not because I'm, I'm talking to people about running, Yeah. you know? So it's, it, it's there's worse things I could do on a, on a regular basis than, than talk shop and, and hear stories from the road or from the trail or from this race or that race. And, uh, so it's, it's, you know, the hardest part is just lining up schedules. Once, once I can get the schedules lined <laughs> up and we're, we're, we got a time lined up to go. It's like, all right, now, now the work is over. Now let's just have fun and, and talk for a bit. And, um, you know, and then the next thing you know, you, you blink your eye and it's been almost five years and 700 and whatever right now, 731, 32 <laughs> yeah. episodes. And, and you kind of look back and go, how did that, how did that happen? Like, how did we get to this point? But you know, I mean, it's you know, just like anything. How did, how did we get to this point in the career in the family in the, in, yeah. you know, whatever. It's just like, you just keep taking it one day at a time. And then you, you kind of look back and go, wow, like we've done a little something here. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been, it's been awesome. That's awesome, man. How is your, how has your perspective on running changed? Like from when you started to now and has the show affected that? I mean, you've talked to, you've talked to so many people in so many various aspects of the sport, you know, ultras, 5Ks, like everything you possibly could imagine. So how has that affected your your point of view? I think it's I think it's opened me up more to more possibilities and more options within within the running world cuz I mean when, when I started it was I was not that I was trying to to pigeonhole the show or or niche down the show or anything like that. I mean, you know, in the first like 5 episodes I think I had, you know, five different dramatically different types of, you know, from trail and ultra runners to like kind of, you know, semi pro ish runners to yeah. runners world people. I mean, like I had, I had all kinds of a variety of people, but my running at that point was, was pretty singular, um, road running only no, no real desire to get on the trails, you know, and, and I mean, pound the desk, heck no, I'm never going to do <laughs> a, an ultra. There's, there's no way you, you people that run past 26 miles are, are just crazy. 26.2 is perfect. 26.3 is too much. Shut off the watch, <laughs> call it a day. Um, you know, and, and, and I mean, now I've done a couple of, uh, three, uh, 50Ks. I've done another trail race or two that are, are shorter distance trail races. Um, you know, I still don't have any burning ambition to start trekking out towards 50 miles, 100K, 100 mile, but. I'm, I'm definitely not banging the desk saying never. Um, yeah. you know, I, I think that, that I'm open to the idea of doing those things. I've had some, some obstacle course racing folks on the show, some, some, you know, Spartan, uh, primarily Spartan runners and things like that. And I'm still not, you know, again, it, it, going back to the beginning, I had no desire to do anything like that. And, and now, um, I, I don't know that I have any burning desire to do one anytime soon, but again, I'm, I'm no longer saying definitely not. Uh, I'm, I, under the right circumstance, I think I could be talked into maybe, you know, if it was like a, a, a group thing or a, a, you know, some type of a bunch of, a bunch of people that wanted to get together and let's do a Spartan or something like that. Like, you know, I, I could probably be talked into it. Um, even if it's not, not real high on my list of things to do, I think I'm, I'm more open to it. So I think that's been the biggest thing is just talking to such a diverse, you know, I mean, the running community is so, so diverse, but just talking to such a, a wide cross section of an already diverse group of people has definitely, um, you know, just broadened my, my perspective a little bit as far as what, what I may do at some point and, and who knows, you know, but it's, it's just, there's options out there. And, and right now I'm happy with, with what I'm doing running wise and training wise, but you know, whatever, who knows what the future holds. 
Yeah, man. Um, so first of all, let's address the baby in the room. Um, doing yes. this while holding a baby. <laughs> so have you ever, have you ever had that experience? I wonder. Um, I don't know that I've had it, had to do it holding the baby, but I've definitely worked around. So like, you know, as timing as timing goes, I, I launched the show, like I said, almost five years ago. It was it was two weeks before my daughter was born. Uh, and, and she's our, our only child. So um, it, there's definitely been times when, you know, uh, being being that I work from home. And like I said, this is my, my job now where if she's sick and she's staying home from school, um, you know, I don't think that there's were, were too many times when it was holding the baby. But there were definitely times when it was like, all right, she's she's napping. Let's go. Let's let's record. Let's do this. Let's do this right now. Or, you know, maybe having to press pause halfway through and just being, Hey, you know, hold on. I'll be right. I'll be right back. Got to go, you know, uh, refill the, the juice cup or something like that. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a family affair on this side of things too. I, I, uh, I totally understand what you're going through. Right yeah, now. man. Well, it was funny. Cause I was like, yeah, dude, she'll nap at eight 30. Cause my wife had been on maternity leave and, uh, mm-hmm. she was like, don't worry. Like she naps. Like as soon as you drop the other two off at daycare, you come home and then she just naps. I'm like, done. I'll just tell Denny we can Perfect. do 8.30. And then she woke up right before we started recording. But it'll be good. Um, I wanted to ask you, uh, you always start every episode, and I'm sure you've been asked this before, so apologies. But you start every episode oh. off by asking the runner what their favorite distance or event is. Because running is, it's not just one thing. You know, if you just imagine mm-hmm. running as a track event or just imagine running as like a hundred mile mountain race. Like there's the, the complete spectrum in between, you know? So for you personally, what, what would that event be? You know, what's the one that really stokes your passion and gets you excited? I think, um, I think that the, the, that my favorite race has pretty consistently been the marathon. Um, although I think that with only within maybe the last six or eight months, have I felt like I've actually like, figured out how to race it halfway decently. So I would have, I would have said when I've been asked this question before, I'd always kind of say that my, my best race is probably the half marathon and as far as just being able to hammer it and really stay locked in and, and, you know, go, go pretty strategically and pretty, pretty hard from, from front to back. Um, but I've, I've gotten where I feel like I've been able to finally do that with the marathon a bit. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think that the marathon, I, you know, there's, there's kind of the history, the lore of, of the, the event, um, obviously the distance is a challenge, but, and especially when you're talking about a road, it's, it's not only distance, but you're trying to to put down uh, a pretty decent pace too. It's not, you know, it's at least my impression of, of trail running is a little bit more of like, yeah, you might be racing, but like, yeah, you know, I mean, at at the race I did this last weekend, it was like, I was hammering and then you get to an aid station. So it's like, Hey, stop and hang out for five minutes and refill some bottles and, you know, grab a, grab a pickle and a couple of M&Ms and talk for a bit. And then it's like, all right, well now it's time to go again versus, on the road, I mean, you're just in, you know, like you don't even stop at the aid. You grab you grab the yeah. cup on the way through and splash half it all over yourself and try to try to choke some down while you're still running. <laughs> um, yeah. But I, I just like I said, I, I feel like I finally kind of uh, training has come together enough. I've kind of figured out pacing and strategy and whatnot. And so um, you know, the last whatever it's been now four four marathons uh, in the last six months or so, um, they weren't all PRs but they were all like my strongest, uh, just, you know, solid races. And the last two were both PRs. So I just kind of feel like I finally, uh, maybe turned the corner a little bit. There's still a lot of work to do. Boston qualifying for Boston is a big goal and still have a long way to go to get there, but making progress towards it. Um, 
and yeah, just marathon is just it's it's tough, but it's 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 fun. I enjoy I enjoy that challenge right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's like the the epic. Like when people think of running, I think the marathon is kind of like the pinnacle that most people kind of agree on as like, whoa, that's like the craziest thing, you know? Well, yeah. And I think, I mean, it's, it's in part because it's, it's the most well-known to yeah. non-runners. So, you know, if, if you watch, if you watch the Olympics, you know, it's, it's stuff on the track. So you might know about the track stuff. You might know about the local 5k, but, um, you know, you, you're not as likely to get hit with half marathons. You're certainly not as likely to get hit with ultras, but every once in a while, Boston marathons on TV, Chicago, London, the, the marathon in the Olympics. So yeah, I think that's probably, and, and again, just the history, I think, you know, I mean, how many runners have, have you know, told their friends or family they're going to run a marathon and, the, and you hear, you know, well, you know, the first guy that ran the marathon, he died, right? So you probably don't want to do that. So, or, or they hear some, some story <laughs> of somebody who, who had an issue during the marathon. And, um, you know, so I, I just, yeah, I think that's the one that people, are somewhat the most aware of if yeah. you're not at, at all involved with running. Yeah. What What is the story of the first marathon? Like, did he die at the end of it? Is that, yeah, I like, I truly, I've heard that too. I've heard that same kind of like possible misconception, mm -hmm. but I don't actually know the actual story. So, so as I understand it and, and, you know, send you, don't send me your hate mail, send it to Chris. Cause he asked, he asked the question. Um, and I don't, I don't My claim bad, to man. be a, a, a Greek expert on, on Greek history and, and Spartan history and can things like that. But can there you was, give me the answer in fluent Greece or Greek also? No, I oh, definitely God. cannot pretend to do that. Um, but so there was, there was a battle, uh, you know, in Greece, um, and the, the messenger, Pheidippides, I think is his name, was sent from Marathon back to Athens or Sparta, wherever, wherever it was, wherever the the yeah. empire was or whatever, to to communicate that the, the I think that the army had won, that we that we won the battle, um, or so, something like that. He went to back to communicate a message. Yeah. And so he just took off and went, and that distance is you know whatever. I don't know if it's exactly twenty six point two. I think it's a, in fact not because I think I think if you if you go back in marathon history at like the nineteen oh four or nineteen oh eight Olympics, something like that. They actually added like the point two to the marathon so that it like finished in front of the queen at the at the castle in London or something like that. Yeah. Um, again, apologies if I'm blurring the history a little bit, but there's something like that. But yeah, so that that was the story of the original marathon is this this messenger from okay. the city of Marathon was running back to Sparta or Athens or whatever to communicate a message. He gave the message and then like, according to the legend just you know drop dead from exhaustion from running back and delivering the message so <laughs> i don't know how much truth is there is to that or not uh yeah. like i said i've never looked into the history but that's that's the lore at least as far as i understand it. yeah when you're doing a road race and because recently i did this half marathon it was in my neighborhood half marathon it was really cool it was like a block away i could be at the start line um and i did the half marathon and i as i was running though i did the same thing like i'm used to aid stations stopping hanging out getting a bunch of random assortment of food to throw in my mouth. Uh, and I tried the thing you just described where you grab the water as you're running. And dude, I can't drink water while I'm running, like at a at a road pace. I don't know how anyone does it. I almost choked. I started coughing. You know what I mean? And I was like, this is so dumb. Why? <laughs> I've, I've never been a fan. I've, I've always been a proponent of, you know, when you get, if you're going to stop to get the cup of water, Stop and walk, like drink while you're walking. Stop yeah. for a walk, grab the cup so that you're not slapping it out of the person's hand and dropping it all over your shoes and things like that. Take six steps while you're sipping your water, your Gatorade or whatever, you know, be, be a good steward and put the, the cup in the trash or at least very near to the trash instead of 
half a mile down the road and throwing it off and then start running again. And, and my thought, you know, every once in a while you get somebody that's going, yeah, but you're, you know, you're costing yourself six seconds at each of those water stops. So you do that, you know, do that five times and that costs you 30 seconds on, on your overall pace. And I say, yeah, but all it takes is one time that you start choking on the water that yeah. you're trying to, to, to get down. And now you're bent over coughing up in that, that cost you 30 seconds too. So, yeah. you know, I'd rather just, just hit reset for just those five or six seconds to just stop and walk and drink. Um, but now, you know, now that I've have dabbled in trails a little bit and it's like, you know, I've got my, my orange mud pack that I'm, I'm, I'm that guy at the road race that's got his water bottles with him. And I just cruise right on through the aid stations, that's right on sweet. through the water stops. Yeah. Um, no, no congestion when I'm thirsty, I take a sip, no spill, no choke, no cough, nothing <laughs> like that. Just right on down the road, just having having a good old time. So yeah, I, I, that's another thing that's changed. I used to be that guy that was like, "Who brings water to a marathon?" Like they've got, you know, they have water right every mile. There's water stops, and now I'm I am, um, you know, bringing my bringing my pack with my little mix and my my water in it and everything I need. It's totally self-contained. I am good to go from the start to the finish, pretty much. That's awesome. How do the because you've talked to a lot of elite runners as well. I love your podcast because you you talk to the wide variety, not just event-wise, but like back of the pack all the way to the elites. So how do the elite marathoners handle the water situation? Well, the, the elites, um, you know, they, 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 even though they're running the same race, like it's, it's a whole different, different race for them at the front of the pack. So um, especially in the, in the real big races and stuff, the, the, the majors, things like that. I mean, they have, they have their own tables set up and they'll have, you know, there might be, um, you know, 30 men or 30 women in the elite wave and there'll be five tables. So each table will have six water bottles. They have their own bottles that they decorate, you know, so that they know this is, this is my bottle. This is so-and-so else's bottle. Um, and so then they run through and like, they know that like, like for them, obviously it's, it's their job, it's their livelihood, like every second truly does matter versus to me at, at the the mid pack like yeah second sort of count but it, you know like my life doesn't change because i run you know a, a 355 57 versus a 356 flat you know like yeah. my life is the same one way or the other um but for them so so they'll have you know they'll know that all right at at mile marker six or you know at, at the six six mile mark is the first aid station so they'll have their drink that they have you know maybe it's it's more diluted maybe it's a little bit stronger electrolytes whatever they're whatever they have it there then they know it at whatever the next aid station is that this one is so like a lot of them it won't just be the same drink in every place it'll be you know some places it might be just water some places it'll be you know pretty pretty heavy gatorade or or whatever you know whatever their sponsors are whatever their their drink of choice is um so they can get exactly what they think that they need for their body for their race at each time so um but most of the time yeah it's it's bottles so they're they're sipping out of a out of a at least a long straw or a squeeze bottle or something like that um and they take you know i don't know how full the bottles are but they take two or three hits and then drop it and right on keep on keeping on it you know their their casual five five minute and 30 second mile pace or something (laughs) like that looking like they're not even working and they're they're running faster than i can run for a single mile yeah i I ran a five and a half mile minute mile like two years ago and i thought i was gonna die afterwards i like had to lay i literally laid on the ground just like my lungs were heaving <laughs> i'm like how do people do this um what yeah, did, yeah what and, did, and they're just they just cruise for 20 miles yeah, at that pace and, like, then, and then they turn it on and then they hit a, a 440 mile to, to you know blow the race, <laughs> race wide open after mile 20 it's ridiculous yeah it is crazy man uh what speaking of like 
just insanely fast people. What did you think of the Breaking Two project? And I I watched the do- little documentary. I think it was from like National Geographic or something. But what did what did you think of that whole thing where Nike was putting together this elite team to break the two hour marathon? So I'm I'm a little bit admittedly um, I don't know if jaded is quite the right word on it, but. It, it just seemed so manufactured to me that it it was like if if one of them does it if one of them doesn't like it's 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 not it wasn't real I guess like even if even if somebody had done it um, I, I don't know if that makes me a purist if that makes me an old yeah. curmudgeon like I don't I don't know what that makes me but it's like like I think I think it's gonna happen yeah I, 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 it could be Kipchoge it could be somebody else that that's kind of you know right at the cusp right now of, of kind of breaking through in, in the pro ranks a, a young guy. Um, I think somebody's going to do it. You know, yeah. I, I, is it going to be this year, five years, ten years, whatever? At some point, and I think in, in both of our lifetimes, somebody, so, a lot of people. I think it's going to be kind of like a, a Roger Bannister thing, where yeah. once it happens, maybe not just flooded, and and but you know, once it happens, that mystique gets away. Like more and more people will will be right there and, and able to do it. But you know, I, I would I would rather see it even at, even at a race like. Berlin, you know, that's, that's known to be fast that, that I, I believe that they can have some, some pacers there and things like that to really help. Um, yeah. I'm not exactly sure on that, but you know, I, I would rather see it, do it at a race. I, and I get, you know, Nike's putting all this money into it and they're, they're trying to, to set up, you know, they're, they're trying to, to cook the books the best way that, you know, pardon the pun, but they're, they're just trying to set, set the stages as best they can to control for draft and, and yeah. you know, all yeah, the man, crazy. Um, which, you know, I mean, obviously that's, you know, that's probably going to be the first way it's going to be done if they do something like that again, that you learn from the, what happened this time and, and, and apply it and, and make it happen. Um, but I'll be I'll be much more impressed when whoever does it in a proper race, on a proper day, on not perfectly controlled environments, um, that's when I'll be much more impressed than when, when it's, you know, kind of almost a, a done in a lab type of situation. Yeah. Where it's 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 still I mean it's still obviously impressive and and to run that fast for that that long is is still ridiculous, but you know show it to me in the wild not in not in a, a controlled environment and I'll be I'll be much more impressed. Exactly. Well, it just it did it just feel it felt so artificial. Um, so I 100% agree there, and I think it would be so weird to be one of the athletes and even training up for this thing having like. 50 scientists just watching you Mm -hmm. like just holding clipboards marking stuff down and i i don't know like athlete motivation wise an artificial environment would be difficult to kind of like overcome and also just the extreme pressure on you of like oh they're paying (laughs) billions of dollars for me to get this done and if i can't get it done i'm letting people down somehow well, but you you still get to cash a pretty good check for even being part True. of it. So that that Great might point. make it a little bit easier to <laughs> to get through uh, all the prodding and the poking and the measurements and things like that. Where like you know, as long as you give it a good uh, a good effort, you know, you still get to, uh, to yeah. take that check to the bank. That's, yeah, that, that might make it a little easier. That's true, man. That's true. Uh, well, what's like, what's your whole running story? Like, when did you start running? Were you did you do it in high school? Like, how did you become so passionate about this sport? Yeah, I, I uh, was <laughs> I was you know kind of the the opposite of passionate about running for for most of my life. I, I uh, you know I, I think I can say this now because I I am a runner, but I was I was of the thought for certainly all through high school and even probably into college that 
you know, running was what you did to get ready for actual sports. You know, it was it was the preseason. It was the the conditioning. It was things like that for whatever. You know, I, I, I played hockey in high school. That was my ice hockey was my sport. Yes. Um, so Sorry. I was giving I would, you a you know, fist pump. Excited. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so, you know, I, I would, I would get kind of a bit more serious about running and conditioning and, you know, August, September and, and getting ready to get on the ice towards, you know, somewhere at late September, early October, we'd, we'd start practicing and, um, you know, and then I wouldn't run again until, yeah, unless, I, unless I got trouble for something and then we had to run at practice, yeah. you know, which usually yeah. you had to skate for, for punishment and practice. So that wasn't too, it wasn't, it uh, wasn't great, but it wasn't running and you know, I wouldn't run again until August. So, you know, I wasn't much of a, of a runner. I remember a, a friend in high school that was like, dude, you should join the track team. And, and I'm pretty sure that his motivation was, was more, you know, cause the girls that were on the track team, cause you know, we would have the same conversations about how much we hated running. Like why would anybody want to run? And all of a sudden he's like, dude, let's go on out on the track team. And I'm like, no, that's, that's running. That's everything we don't yeah. like about whatever other sports we play. Um, and that pretty much went through, you know, college. I mean, I, I wasn't a, an athlete in college, but I would run once in a while to, you know, try to keep the the beer belly in check, try to <laughs> yeah. keep the late night pizza under control, things like that. Um, but never, never enjoyed it. Never, never was a fan. Um, but it was just kind of something I, I did. And then really things really kind of started to change when I was in grad school. I was at uh, Middle Tennessee State University. My, my background is, is in athletic training and sports medicine. So I was I was working at the university as one of the athletic trainers and I was working with the, the track and cross country teams. So I, I would be sitting, you know, sitting at the track, um, for hours at, you know, three or four or five hours a day watching practice and making sure none of the athletes needed anything and stretching them and, and taping and doing whatever, whatever things I needed to do. And at some point it was just like, you get so bored of just sitting there every, especially at the end of practice. Cause, um, at least our athletes, I think, I think track athletes in general, maybe have a, a little bit of a stereotype, but, but I think there's some truth to it that it's like, you know, you get done with practice, but then, you know, you, you might only run for 20 or 30 minutes, but then you stretch for like two hours. And so you're just sitting around on the track, stretching and talking and screwing around. And finally I was just kind of like, you know what? Like I'm so bored. I'm just going to go run a couple laps on the track. <laughs> I'm so, yeah. you know, I had all my, I worked on, like my, my, I would do schoolwork. I would do some of my grad school work. I would, you know, whatever. Um, and it was just like, I'm just going to go run for a bit. And it was like, it wasn't super enjoyable, but like I was there again tomorrow and there again the next day. And then we'd go to a track meet. And so it was like, you know, you, uh, and we'd always have like, we'd have one or two athletes that would be at the beginning of the track meet. And then like nobody for like five hours until all of the rest of our athletes would, would compete. So I'd have to be there at the beginning with, yeah. for us, it was throwers for, for the throwers. But then I'd have nobody for pretty much the rest of the field events until, you know, a certain time. And so it was like, you know, we'd be traveling, we'd be at Georgia Tech, we'd be at Auburn, we'd be at all the, you know, Kentucky, all these different universities. And I was just like, well, I'm going to go just kind of run around and kind of explore campus and just kind of see what some of these different campuses are like. Um, you know, and it just kind of, that's where, that was where it kind of seed got planted, um, started to, to take it up a bit more just cause I was around it. I mean, not quite 24 seven, but I was around it definitely six days a week. Um, many, many hours a day talking to, to, you know, really good high level, at least some of them were really high level college and international athletes. Um, but just being around it every day. And I remember running with one of our Kenyans and, and, um, I would be doing a workout and he was doing his like warm up pace. And he's like, you know, he's like trying to talk to me and I can't breathe. Like I'm, you know, I'm like doing a, a 400 meters as hard as I can. And he, you know, he's like walking, he's telling me that I could run it in 75 seconds. I'm going fastest. I'm dying right now. And then running it in 95 seconds. Like there's no way I can take 20 more seconds off of a 400 meter. He's like, Oh no, no, you totally like, it was just, but that was where things really got started. And then it took a few years to really take root, I guess, after that. But at that point, you know, like 
like the coaches were great. They'd hook me up with shoes and they'd hook me up with with anything that I needed from that side of things. So and you start getting actual real running shoes instead of just running in cross trainers or something like that. Um, and then it was just kind of like, all right, I think this might be something that that I kind of am enjoying. So finished grad school in 2009 and decided that you know maybe I maybe I we moved back down to Florida. So it's like, well, maybe I'll, I'll try to do the Disney half marathon. That's in January. You know, I've, I've upped to running five, six miles pretty regularly. I could probably do a half. Um, and the half was sold out, but the full was was there. And so not knowing what I didn't know, I was just like, I'll do the, the full marathon. That rocks. Um, was, was totally unprepared, was totally not ready for it. Did it, hated it, uh, never, never again. Um, famous last words, you know, ran it again the next year. Didn't have a, a great experience then either. But kind of kept coming back. By that point, I guess I'd, I'd gotten hooked enough that you know I was running running shorter stuff still and and doing a couple half marathons and those were pretty good. Um, and then kind of kept coming back to the marathon. Like kept gonna give it another shot and and finally my third one was a positive experience and uh, pretty much been been hooked ever since. So I guess I guess 2012 was really when like that was my first year of like really being like I am a runner and this is something that that I do on a very regular basis. That's awesome, man. Dude, that's a crazy journey. First of all, I love the like learning to like running through osmosis of just like, oh, I'm around this. I guess I should do this too, which actually it's funny because like being around like the really good collegiate runners, it had to have been a little bit intimidating to be like, now I'm going to do this thing, even though you guys are freak athletes and I'm, you know, huffing and puffing on this 400, you know? So like, I think a lot of props to you because I think a lot of people, if they want to get into running, the biggest hurdle to start is like, I'm going to look like I don't want to be slow. And you have to kind of be like, okay with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I, I have to give, give, uh, you know, some, some, I don't know if credit, but, but props to, to those athletes, because all, yeah. I mean, all of them, even, even, even the quote unquote worst ones on the team were, were head and shoulders better than me. Like there, there was no, there was no question. There was, there was no doubt. Um, but they were all so encouraging. And so, I mean, just, I mean, they're, they're runners, right? So we kind of, you know, kind of get that, that vibe in, in our running community these days where it's just like, you know, they didn't care that I was slower. Like they thought it was awesome that yeah. I was doing it. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, there, there were a couple of instances when we were on, on road trips where, you know, like I said, where we'd have different people running different days and like there might be a couple of, of the women on the on the distance, the distance teams that like they needed to get uh, one one stands out in particular that like needed to get a few miles. And she was like, are you going to go run after, you know, so and so gets done with their event? And I said, yeah, that's that's kind of my plan. And she said, well, can I come with you? And it was like, you know, like like, I mean, if you I, I can't run at your pace, and she's like, no, it's an easy run. I just need to get, you know, an hour of, of running. Like, are you going to run for an hour? I was like, yeah. She's like, all right, well, let's, let's go. And so it was just like, you know, I mean, I'm obviously I'm, I'm working harder than she was at that, at that pace and at that time, but you know, she was totally cool about let's, let's run, we'll run your pace. And so it was really just kind of eye opening of, of just how, how great runners can be and how, you know, nobody ever was like, said anything bad, at least, at least to me, you know, who knows what they were saying, you know, on their own in the locker room or, or whatever. But, uh, to me, it was always like, and they would, it would ask, you know, did you run today? How did it go? What, you know, how are you feeling? Like it was, it was really, um, you know, kind of looking back and, and you bringing that up kind of, you know, makes it, makes me think that maybe, you know, if they, if they had been a bit more standoffish or, or, you know, I'm better than you type of thing, like maybe, maybe that seed would have never got planted, but because they were so just like, 
yeah, awesome. Do it. You know, let's, you know, Hey, I'm doing my warm up. You want to come run with me? It's like, no, no, no. I'll run at the end of practice. Not at the beginning in case I, in case I'm needed. I don't want to be all sweaty and gross, you know, but they, but like they were always trying to welcome me to come join them or, or run with them or, or whatever. Um, and always encouraging, which was, you know, and hopefully, hopefully now I can pay that forward to people that are new in the sport that, that I come across, listen to the podcast, whatever, where it's just like, Hey, you know, we've all, we've all been there where, you know, we really struggled to, to run a half mile without walking or whatever. And, you know, you just, you just build and grow. So, um, but yeah, they, they were, they were great. And I don't know that I ever really thought about being, cause I, cause I wasn't, you know, I certainly wasn't under the impression that I'm anywhere near the level of these college athletes. Um, but they never made it awkward either, which was really, which is really awesome. That is awesome. I, I actually feel like that perspective that people might have, which is like, oh, I'm going to look silly. Like I, I think the running community is mostly just like incredibly accepting and encouraging. I think people like, if I see people on the trail that are, look like they're just starting or whatever, like I get super pumped for them, you know? And I think like, I love that the idea of like paying that forward to other people. So, so yeah, man. Uh, so from there though, like once you kind of like 2012, you kind of like feel like I'm finally, like, I feel like a runner now. Like that's kind of like the thing that I do. Um, Mm -hmm. what was your training like then and how have you improved that over the years? (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's definitely improved a bit. So at that point, I think it was mostly like, you know, looking at, um, uh, well, in, in 2012, so the start of the year, I it was the first year that I ever had set a mileage goal and, and it was just try to, to help me stay, you know, somewhat consistent. And, uh, you know, it wasn't anything crazy. It was, I think it was like 14 or 15 miles a week was what the average ended up needing to be 730 miles or something like that was what the, somewhere in there was the goal. And, uh, so it was just basically, I mean, it was, it was kind of, you know, make sure I'm getting, you know, four or five runs a week, getting three, four, five miles most times every once in a while I might hit the track to do a little bit of speed work or or whatever but you know I was I was doing probably most of my miles were were at the same kind of pace and you know always trying to push harder and and um not necessarily going all out but but always trying to you know finish the run with not anything left in the tank or anything like that and so um just kind of kept going with that and you know then even though my, like I said, my background is in athletic training and sports medicine. Like, so I knew the injury side of things, but I didn't know as much of, um, you know, kind of some of the, the science of, of running improvement and how, you know, you can run easy, uh, running slower, lower intensities, builds the aerobic base and, and really is, is probably the best way to get faster for endurance stuff. So I was always just kind of operating under the, uh, the other, uh, kind of, you know, no pain, no gain type of philosophy. And then, uh, over, I feel like over that's how of, everybody starts. By the way, <laughs> yeah, oh, I mean it, it is, and it, it, I mean it, it totally. I can I can totally see why because logically you're like my goal is to get faster, so clearly I need to run faster to get faster. <laughs> you know, and it, it, like that's that's what needs to happen. Um, but but you you know you lose sight or or you forget that like for the most part most of us like you know whatever whatever your goals might be whatever your goal pace might be so for me qualifying for boston i think i need to run like a 7 715 pace for for the marathon or whatever like i can't do that at at 715 for 26 miles but i can run 715 like 715 yeah. pace for me for a 5k like it's not like i'm pushing but i'm not like it's not like get to the end of the finish line of a 5k and feel like i'm i'm dying you know yeah. like so clearly i have the pace i have the speed like i can run 715 I can't do it 26 miles. So I don't need to get faster. 
I need to improve my endurance. Oh, which the way that makes sense. Endurance yeah. is to, you know, it's to run at an aerobic pace at a, at a, at an easy level pace where you're building your aerobic system. So, um, over the years I've, I've really, uh, kind of gone from kind of that no pain, no gain, and, and maybe not always sprinting and going super hard, but always going, pushing, pushing the pace a little bit, pushing the pace a little bit. Um, and now I'm, I'm a pretty big, uh, Phil Maffetone disciple believer. Um, the idea of, of heart rate training and never getting my heart rate above a certain level, uh, except for on races or except for on an occasional workout here and there. Um, and I've been doing that for uh, about 18 months now. And it's, it's just makes such a difference. And it's, it's, difficult because it takes a long time to really see much payoff. Um, you know, like it, it, you see little hints here and there, but it's, it's not real consistent for like six, eight, 10 months, but you start getting past a year. And now that I'm at, at about a year and a half, it's like all of a sudden where, where I was running, you know, a year ago in my easy pace with my, my heart rate in this, in this certain window might be 10 thirties or even 11 minute pace. Um, now it's like, almost always in the 920 to 930 range. So it's like, and, and according to my heart rate, I'm not working any harder yet. I'm running a minute faster per mile. Um, which, which then that helps, you know, on, on the longer runs to obviously, even though I'm not only running at quote unquote, only running at 939, whatever pace like that. Now, um, when I get to a race, you know, the, the last, uh, marathon I ran, um, in January, I, I broke four hours for the first time. So I was, you know, my average pace was like 857 or 858, something like that. And I haven't, I haven't trained at a sub nine minute pace since before I started, you know, the heart rate training stuff. So it's like, clearly that speed is still there, or at least some, you know, I might, maybe my, my top high end hundred meter dash speed, maybe I've lost a little bit of that, but I've never run a hundred meter dash. I have no intentions of ever running a hundred meter dash. Yeah. So you know, if, if I, if I'm losing a, a half a second or a full second on my hundred meter dash time, but gaining 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes on my marathon time, that's a trade I'm, I'm more than willing to make. Um, and so well, that's, considering, that's really been the big change. Yeah, yeah. Considering you want to run marathons and you're right. not looking to run a right. hundred meter dashes right now, you know? Well, and that's funny because I think a lot of, a lot of roadrunner worries when they're getting into ultras is that they're going to lose their leg speed. But what you just said makes a lot of sense to me where you're like, yeah, like I'll go out and run a 5k and I can hit it pretty hard, which means I still have that leg speed, but I just don't need to access it all the time. Right. Which, which right. is cool. And, and yeah. And, and when it's, when it's there, but all of a sudden, like, like, so again, you know, even if you want to talk about 5k, like maybe my, my top, top speed on one of those miles of the 5k might be a couple seconds slower, but if I'm able to maintain that for 3.1 miles now, instead of hammering it hard for a mile and a half and then yeah. slowly starting to, to come back for the last mile and a half of the race. Um, you know, I feel like that's, that, that comes out in the end that comes out ahead where, you know, I'm, I'm not quite as fast, but I don't fall off as much. Yeah. Well now, now that's, that's how you run faster in these races by, by training slow. So there's a lot of science to back it up a lot of, you know, and, and there's, there's some, well, there's a lot of science if you look for it, but a lot of the, the articles in Runner's World and, and whatnot, and, and not to just dog on Runner's World, but a lot of a lot of publications, um, they, they kind of set their studies up to fail. Whereas if you understand that it takes Time. six, eight, ten months yeah, yeah, to yeah. really see the, the, the benefit and they're doing a four week study. Well, yeah, like <laughs> yeah. you're not you're not going to see any improvement in four weeks. You know, it's just it's just not physiologically going to happen. So um, it's something that you got to commit to and buy into. But um, it's made it's made a, a ton of, you know, cut back a lot of the carbs that I eat because when you're 
running aerobically, you're burning fat for fuel more. So it's like, you know, I don't, I haven't bonked in a marathon or really hit the wall in a marathon since I started this, this way of doing things. And so it's, it's made a big, that's been a huge change for me. And, um, it's, I know some of my, my podcast listeners and my coaching clients get sick of me talking about it all the time. (laughs) I don't try to force them into it, but it's just like, it, it just, it works. It's, it's, it's pretty clear that it works if you can be disciplined to stick with it, which is the hard part. Yeah. Well, and also I have to imagine, soreness levels and injury prevention it's probably smart because you're just not hammering as hard like your muscles aren't smashing against the ground your joints aren't smashing against the ground as hard if you're running slower yeah absolutely i mean i i do um i think probably on average um one or two hard workouts per month instead of you know before um i was doing I was running with, with a group of friends, you know, like I, I do a few runs a week on my own, but we do, you know, every Tuesday was speed work and every Thursday was tempo runs. And then, you know, we'd run together for the long run on, on Saturday, which those were, you know, not hard, hard workouts, but they were not what you would consider easy either. You know? So like I was hitting it three times a week pretty much. And now I don't even hit it three times in a month. And I mean, I haven't even done what I would consider a proper speed work, meaning something like a, a repeats track, like really high intensity, something since like August of last year, um, all of my speed work now is either like running a marathon or, you know, doing like a a fast finish long run. So I'll run, you know, 10 or 15 miles easy and then hit four to six miles at the end where I'm trying to hit marathon pace or fast half marathon pace or whatever. I'm I'm pushing hard for the last few miles, um, on tired legs. And, and, um, it's, yeah, I mean how I feel like I'm, I'm rarely sore, although I am sore after a, a good hard workout these days. Cause I'm not, I don't do it all the time, but that also means that I do the workout a lot better cause I'm not showing up at the workout fatigued or not showing up at it kind of sore or anything like that. I'm showing up fresh, hitting it hard. And then I might be sore for a couple of days, but you know, after a couple of days of easy runs or a couple of days off and some yoga or some biking or something like that, yeah, legs are feeling good. Recovery process is quicker after a race. Like it's, it's it's paid off on a lot of fronts. Yeah. But, uh, like I said, it's just, it's just tough for people to come around to the idea that you can just run easy all the time yeah. and still not only race as fast, but even get faster that way. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's tricky, but it works. Well, it's hard to be dis- like uh, people struggle with discipline too. And like, I could see myself and I don't consider, I don't, I don't measure it, which I probably should. I don't measure my heart rate, but most of the time I am doing easy runs but I could also see myself not being able to stick with the discipline of it, which is, which is probably the most challenging part for most people. Um, yeah, it is. It is. It, it, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, that's good. Okay. I, I want to hear about your 50 K a bit because, uh, I remember when we chatted a couple years ago, you asked me what my favorite distance was and it's 50 K. Like I, I just love that distance. You can experience so much adventure, you know, and it, and it can take you to all sorts of crazy places if you're doing on the trails and stuff like that. Um, and so I saw that you've ran a couple at this point and I was always super stoked. I was like, yes, he experienced the beauty of the 50 K. So like, can you talk a little bit about that and tell me a little bit about your most recent one, which was last weekend? Yeah. So, you know, I've had a lot of people tell me that like, oh, you know, if you can do a marathon, you know, 50 K is, is no big deal. It's, it's just, you know, you do the math on that. It's just another four, five, six miles, something yeah. like that. Um, you know, it's not, it's not that big of a deal. Um, and the first one I did, I, I would have maybe argued on that a little bit that, uh, you know, I, I made it to, that was like, I felt like that was one of the, my best days to 26 miles. But then from 26 to the yeah. end was, 
was a lot of obviously it was uncharted territory for me and and uh was was a bit of a struggle but uh you know it's it's something that and again i i, I hate to try to keep going back to the heart rate thing um uh, but i think that's made a big difference in that yeah um you know, I, I have, even though I'm, you know, it's not like when I'm doing heart rate, my heart rate training long runs, I'm not running, you know, 25, 30 miles on a regular basis, but always building up that aerobic efficiency and, and improving on that front. Um, you know, I'm able to, to get going, uh, and, and make it all the way to the finish line. So, um, you know, it's, it's still, still a learning process. I've done three of them now. I've done, I've done two, uh, this year in, in 2019, one in January and one this past weekend. So it's, it's still something I'm, I'm figuring out. Um, and, and, you know, doing them on trails so far, all the, the 50 Ks I've done have been on the trail, which is another different thing for me since most of my runs tend to be on, on the roads. Um, but I, I enjoy it. It's, it's a lot of fun. You know, you, at least I hear a lot when I'm talking to, to trail runners about just the difference of the environment, the difference of the, the kind of the trail running culture of everybody kind of sticking around afterwards and the grill is going and there's a bunch of food and everybody's just kind of chilling and hanging out. Um, and, and I don't see that as much on the road races, whether it's big or small, it's like, you kind of, you get finished, you know, you, maybe you meet up with your family, there might be some food there, but it's like, we go, we, we go to go eat or we go to go home or whatever after those races. But after the trail race, it's like, everybody's, you know, you got your change of clothes and you got your lawn, your lawn, your lawn chairs and the grill, like I said, the grill's going and it's just like, everybody's hanging out. So that part of it's been really cool. Uh, just kind of sitting around and, and, you know, just the more laid back atmosphere of like, Oh yeah, the race starts in uh, in in eight seconds, five, four. You know, like instead of like everybody, everybody get to the corral half an hour before the start of the race and yeah. like, keep. All right, well, the race starts now in twenty five minutes. And now it's like the trail, like at least for the the races I've done, you know, like there's nobody even hardly there thirty minutes before the race. It's like everybody yeah. starts to show up at about that point and you know piling out of the cars and and um. And everybody just kind of ends up at the starting line and, and no real rhyme or reason. Everybody just kind of stand there. And the racer goes, all right, uh, yeah, go ahead, start, go. Yeah, go. And, and everybody just goes. <laughs> um, so, and, that, and that really is much more of my, my vibe. That's, that's my kind of laid back and, and that's, that's definitely my, my, my thing. So I, could, I can definitely see me doing more yeah. of the ultra events and more of the, the trail running events. And this past weekend, it was, it was um, a bit of a learning experience. It was one of those things that I should have probably known better. You know, being a, being a coach, talking to people for, for years on the podcast, I should have known better. Um, so it was, a, it was a 50K in Florida on, you know, the Sunday of Memorial Day weekend. So it was, it was hot. Everybody knew it was going to be hot. Uh, yeah. the, the title was Sweat, Swat, and Swear because because <laughs> it's hot. Swat because of all the bugs and swear because of the combination of the two, I think. That's awesome. Um, and, it, you know, it, for the most part, it lived up to its, its, its billing. Um, but what got me in trouble is, is like I was telling you before we, we got started, Chris, like the last few days, it's been pretty comfortable in the morning. So I, you know, rolled up to the, to the, the campground where the race started the trailhead there. And it was probably in the, in the sixties, you know, maybe, maybe the high sixties, maybe the low seventies. I didn't look at my, my thermometer, but it was like, it was comfortable. It felt good to be outside, especially for this part of the country, this time of year. Um, you know, the high was like 95. So we knew it was going to get hot as, as the sun came up. And so I kind of made the, I guess, I don't know that it was a conscious choice, but like I made the choice to kind of go a little bit faster than I probably should have at the start and try to take advantage of the, the cooler temperatures as long as I could. Um, and so, you know, going into the race, I was like, I could be right about six hours, anywhere from six to six and a half hours. Like that, I'd be happy with that. That would be solid, not pushing too hard, hopefully not falling apart, blowing up anything like that. That would be a, a good day. Um, and so, you know, I got, got out there and got going. And, and I was running, I, I, I don't look, I didn't look exactly at all my stats, but I think for probably the first 
20 miles or so um, outside of, you know, a couple of, of aid station stops where you stop there for, for four or five, six minutes or whatever. But outside of those actual moving, moving miles, I mean, I was like under 10 minutes for like every mile, which should have, you know, the, the warning signs should have been going off that, that, that I was like, I felt good. I felt really good. Um, and, but, but finally towards, you know, about mile 15 is when it started getting hot. And, um, by about 2021, 20, um, I don't know if the wheels ever fully came off, but boy, they were, they were loose and yeah. they, they were, <laughs> <laughs> I was in danger of having the wheels really come off. And I was trying to do the math on where the next aid station should be. And I thought it was like, I'm like, I got to be right on it. Like, it's got to be right here. And I was just kind of playing that. I, I got in my own head of like, I just need an aid station. And so then since the aid station wasn't there, like yeah. things just got worse and, and kind of kept getting worse. And then eventually, you know, eventually the Oasis showed up in the, in the, in the distance and I saw the tent and uh, I was able to get, uh, you know, I, I pretty much was out of, out of water at that point. So I was able to refill, um, you know, grab, grab, uh, uh, some potato chips and, and grab some, some M&Ms and a pickle. And, uh, that helped rekindle the spirits a little bit, uh, and, and got me through to, you know, there was one more aid station and then got, that got me through to the finish line. So, you know, I ended up at, I think as like six Oh five or something like that was my time. So, you know, I was, I was right there at the, at the front end of what I thought would be doable and, and a good day at the office, but the way it unfolded kind of left a bad taste in my mouth that I just, you know, I would have been happier had I gone out slower and stayed steady throughout the entire race as opposed to getting a little greedy and 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 feeling pretty good and, and trying to push it a bit too much at the start and then uh paying for it a bit but you know i mean it's i knew better i should have known better but you know sometimes sometimes we all need to be reminded of what 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 we should do and not getting caught up in the moment and just going and so you know it was it was a good experience it was a good day met some really cool people um but still a little a little uh perturbed that I didn't run a smarter race than, than what I ended up doing, but whatever. It's first of all, it's a great ego check. I love that, you know, and I've done the same thing where you're like the aid station should be around this corner and then you get around the corner. You're like, where's it at? And then you're like, should be around this next corner. Where is it at? And then you do that for like a half an hour and you're like, what, where's this thing? Um, which is awesome. But dude, you need that sometimes though, you know, like sometimes though, like I actually like your strategy of going out hard because it's going to be a little bit cooler in the morning, you know, like that's not a bad strategy. I don't think. No. And, and I mean, it was, I wasn't like recklessly going, you know, I wasn't going too way too fast, yeah. uh, at a reckless abandon type of pace. Um, and you know, I mean, I, I it's, it's a fine line because on, on the one hand, like, yeah, you know, hindsight being what it is probably went out too fast. Should have, should have maybe backed off a little bit, but at the same time, like if the wheels hadn't come off, if I was still feeling good and was able to maintain it, you know, I would have been whatever I'd have been five and a half hours or so. I would have been, I'd have been much like totally exceeded my expectations of what I thought I, I could have done. And so, you know, sometimes, you know, I, I, I think there's value in, in pushing it. I think, I think maybe where I, I kind of give myself some, some grief again, maybe being the, the coach side of it is that I didn't have like a real plan. It was just kind of willy nilly and just kind of taking it as it came instead of having like a, all right, well, let's try to do this and, you know, and, and not having a little bit more of a script to follow. But, but yeah, you know, I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, we, we all kind of have to, to get an ego check once in a while. We all have to kind of recognize that, that yes, you know, uh, how many times do I talk about the heat and how that can affect your race? And like, here it was, you know, I was feeling really good. And then, you know, got to some point where the, where the woods, where the canopy wasn't as dense. And so now I'm in more sun and it's hotter. And you know, it was just, you know, it, it is what it is. It was, it was still a good day. It was a learning experience. And that's, you know, at the end of the day, sometimes that's, that's all you can really ask for. 
what kind of plans do you have for the podcast, you know, in the next few months? And can you kind of give us your whole, like, if people want to hear more about you, obviously I'll have it linked to the show notes, but, um, where can they go? Cause like I said, your podcast is fantastic. If you're into running, it covers like literally everything you possibly could want from running. Wow. That's literally everything. That's, that's literally everything, shoes, but, uh... dude, like all sorts of running, all sorts of runners. Like it's awesome, man. We, we, we try to, we try to cast a wide net, but yeah. Um, you know, I mean, when it, like I said, said earlier, uh, I, I don't have any, um, even now I don't have any like huge ambitious plans. I mean, it's, it's coming up on, on five years of the show and, you know, gonna, gonna maybe, uh, it might be a good time to do a little bit of a rebrand, just kind of update some things a little bit on that side, but it's just as far as the show itself. Um, I mean, the, the plan is to just keep on keeping on, keep talking to, to, interesting runners and, and hearing stories. And, and, um, I think, you know, m might start making a bit more of a, of a intent to kind of cycle back through some people that have been on the show over the years. So maybe, uh, bringing you back on for a kind of, you know, what's around two and, and that a type rock. of thing. What's, what's new, how, how have things gone in the last two years, three years, four years since, since we, we first talked. Um, but you know, I mean the, the, the cool thing about what I'm trying to do, at least, at least in my opinion, the cool thing is that there's, there's no shortage of runners to talk to and there's no shortage of, of stories to hear. And even when the stories, you know, kind of sound similar as far as, you know, I've always been a runner. Or I came to running after having kids to try to get in shape or, or whatever weight loss or, or finding some way to stretch, scratch the competitive itch. Like there's a lot of kind of general categories, but then you start to break into the story a bit more and there's, there's always uniqueness and there's always just the, the things that make each person obviously an individual to themselves. So, um, you know, I, I don't know that the show will go on forever. Um, but I do know that I have no plans on stopping anytime soon. There's, there's no like get to a thousand and call it a day or get to whatever and call it like, it's just, just keep taking it one day at a time. So, um, if, if, you know, if anybody wants to, to join the, join the, uh, the ride that I'm on, uh, there's always, there's always room for more people to, to hang out. So, uh, like Chris said at the start, the, the title is Diz Runs Radio. If you just search Diz Runs, D-I-Z-R-U-N-S, and pretty much any any place where you're listening to this show right now, anywhere podcasts are freely distributed, uh, it should pop right up. And and uh, yeah, I mean, there's 700 and something episodes right now, and uh, we just keep keep pumping them out three 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 a week, uh, not three at a time, but three uh, one Monday, one 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 Wednesday, one Friday, um, and uh, you know, obviously a back catalog if you want to check that out, and and um, if you want to connect with me anywhere and just, you know, shoot the breeze on social media or, or whatever, uh, pretty much Diz runs at all the places, uh, you know, Twitter, Instagram, um, Facebook group is the Diz runs tribe, I think is what we're officially called. And it's, it's uh, a lot of fun in there. Um, and disruns.com. So try to make it easy. If you can remember Diz runs, uh, you, you can find me pretty much anywhere that you want to look for me. And, and, uh, you know, I'm always looking for runners to talk to and engage with. So, uh, you know, reach out and, and say hello. That's awesome, man. <laughs> you just saw me <laughs> bouncing a baby up and down uh, for a while. But, dude, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. It's fun talking with you because just two guys who love running and talking about running, like, I I think it's a blast, dude. So let's do this again at some point in the future, and maybe I'll actually get a nap time, you know, which would be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chris, definitely definitely my pleasure. Thanks for, for having me. And, and like I said, we'll, we'll get you back on my show one of these days pretty Heck soon, yeah, too. Heck yeah, dude, uh, I would love it, man. Like I said, I'm doing this stage race in a month, and I last year I loved talking about it, so I'm sure some crazy stuff will happen, yeah. too, this year, so... 
Yeah, we'll line it up for after that for sure. Yeah, man. Cool, dude. Well, uh, yeah, we'll get you back on and thank you again. All right. All right. Uh, once again, huge thanks to Danny for coming on the show. Uh, check out all of his stuff, Diz Runs Radio. Um, I promise you, you'll be inspired, but not only inspired, but you will get a lot of wonderful information that will help you in your own running journey if you are a runner uh, and if you're not a runner you will get some inspiration to give it a shot <laughs> uh so thanks man thanks for coming on the show i appreciated it um as for me right now as i record this i'm about uh let me check the calendar holy moly i'm like a week and a half away from starting uh desert rats part two i guess is what me and phil pinty are calling it <laughs> um which is a stage race uh, from Fruta, Colorado to Moab, Utah in the desert. Um, and what I've been doing, you know, what's crazy is, you you know, if you guys follow along, like I'll post pictures and you can even follow the little dot as it's moving, the little blue dot as it's moving across the desert. <laughs> uh, so I'll make sure to link that. But you'll see all that. You'll see pictures from the event. You know, you'll hear me talk about the event and all that stuff. Uh, afterwards but I don't think it's really hard for the day-by-day -day preparation to come across and I've been thinking quite a bit about just the importance of preparing and the importance of giving it my all in the few months before this that way I can go in and have no doubt in my mind that uh that I tried my absolute hardest to prepare, you know, cause what I don't want is to be on like the long day, the 41 mile day and have this internal monologue of like, you should have done blah, 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 blah in the few weeks leading up to this, right? Like you should have, you know, um, not ate that entire three pizzas or something, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, you shouldn't have hit snooze that day. You should have woke up and got your workout in and now you're suffering because of it. That negativity um, just cannot happen. It can't happen during these big events. Like a huge aspect of it is your mind. And if your mindset going into an event is, is the mindset of, I left it all on the table. I have no regrets about my training. I'm going for it and I'm as prepared as I possibly could be at this point, then that is going to be a major advantage in those dark moments because you will have those dark moments. So you have to go in expecting that like, Oh, I'm going to suffer. Like this is, there's going to be really hard moments. Um, but also knowing like, Hey man, you did your absolute best and you left it all out there to, to get ready. So, um, just to give you a like, kind of an idea, and to kind of like talk myself into this mindset of like, dude, you have done your best at this point. Um, this was my week uh, every single day this week so far. Um, first of all, I have to say I did a long week, um, probably a, a month out from the event. So I got in over a hundred and some miles running mostly and then maybe like 10 extra miles or 
15 extra miles walking and stuff like that. So I got those miles in on my leg, which was really important to me. But the other aspect of this, I mean, we're going through the desert. It's going to be hot. I have to expect it to be over 100 degrees, if not hotter. Um, and so this week was all about heat adaptation. And next week will be as well. During my tapering, I'm going to still go out on some hikes and walks and really try to make sure I get adapted to the heat. Um, and Colorado just hasn't been cooperating. It's been beautiful. It's been like 60 degrees every day, 70 degrees every day. So, and I'm like, man, I needed to crank it up to like 90 or a hundred so I can get ready for this thing, but it hasn't cooperated. So I did the best with what I had. Right. And so every single day this week, I would wake up at four in the morning. I would go for my run and it would probably be like 60 degrees. 50 to 60 degrees during that run because it's cold when it's dark out still. Um, I'd get home, take my kids, my uh, five-year-old and two-and-a-half-year-old daycare, and then I'd be here with my three-month-old. Now, when it was nap time, whenever that was, I would throw on three dark long-sleeve shirts and a sweatshirt over – so two long-sleeve shirts and a sweatshirt over it. I would put a 35 pound kettlebell in my backpack and I would push her in the stroller while she just took a nap. So it's kind of like, well, she's going to take a nap anyways. Um, and I push her in a stroller for about an hour and a half and walk like five miles every single day. Um, and it was hard, man. It was hard. It was suffering <laughs> for me, not for her. Like I said, she was just napping, but, um, but right now I have to say after doing this and being really intentional about it, I feel like I'm starting to get that heat adaptation, which is like you want to sweat, like work your sweat system so you can sweat and cool yourself off as best you can in hot weather. And based off of how I how how soaking wet I was and how much I smelled this morning during my run, I'm like, all right, this is paying off. And then ultimately it'll pay off next year at the beginning of the school year where every single day I have pit stains because I just cannot stop sweating because I'm becoming a really <laughs> efficient sweater. So that's how my students get to know me. <laughs> um, but I put that work in, man. And that's kind of what I want to leave you guys with today. And, you know, Denny talked about it in the show. Like he's putting work in every day, doing intentionally doing the Maffetone method, which is hard to do because you want to run super fast all the time. You want to prove to yourself like, no, I am fast. Right. But with the Maffetone method, you got to like slow yourself down intentionally. And that is hard to do having that kind of discipline. Um, and yet he's doing it, right? Because he knows ultimately that's going to help him reach his goals. And for me, like, dude, let me just tell you, like, when it's noon and it's 75 degrees out, like, I don't want to throw on three sweatshirts and walk out the door with a 35-pound backpack, right? Pushing a baby. One, because I look crazy. I look like a crazy man. People are probably passing, like, why is this guy look like that kid from a Christmas story who can't put his arms down, you know, cause he has so much stuff on, uh, as he's walking down the street. Right. Um, but I make myself do it because that's discipline and, and that is ultimately what's going to give me that positive mindset in those dark moments. Like obviously it's doing physiological things to me too, but at the end of the day, it's all, 
it's all the psychological advantage that I want um, because I don't want to be in the middle of the desert thinking I could have, I should have, blah, blah, blah. Like that's not a good way to um, that. that It's a great way to find yourself in a deep, dark place. Right. <laughs> but it's not a good way to uh, ultimately just push through. And during these long runs and long events, what I like to do is either just try to be as grateful and experience gratitude and love and adventure and all that stuff. Or I like to just completely shut my mind off and think about nothing. Like I'll go hours and hours and not think about anything, which is actually one of the reasons why I like to do this and why I'm looking forward to doing desert rats again. Um, but I don't want to be having those negative thoughts. So the more disciplined you are, the more freedom you're going to have in those moments. So, um, any guy, anyways, guys, uh, thanks for listening. Like I said at the beginning, go back and check out the rest of our podcast. I'll try to link. I don't know if it's up still, but I'll try to link when I was a guest on Diz Runs Radio because it was the first podcast interview I did where I was being interviewed, and I absolutely loved it, and I love talking to Denny. So uh, it was my pleasure to chat with him again today and share his story. Um, all right, guys, we will get back at you next week. Right now, my plan is uh my good friend phil my good friend phil pinty's coming out um before desert rats so i'm hoping to sit down with him and we can kind of just chit chat about you know what we're expecting from part two um and then the week i'm actually doing the race i have another interview already recorded with uh within a fantastic runner fantastic ultra runner um and you'll have to check that out just a little preview kind of tease he got third at Badwater last year and now he's training for Big's Backyard Ultra which is like the last man standing craziest ultra running event of the year so um come back that'll be in two weeks so check that out so all right guys we will get back at you next week talk to you then